welcome to the Blessful Body Podcast. I'm your host, Kai Autumn Russell, and I'm here to share with you my best fitness and healthy living strategies and tips, and they are so good, your body, mind, and spirit will be thankful that you listened. Well, hey there, it's Kai with the Blessful Body, and I am so happy that you are joining me today. We are going to talk all about why you should love your core because it is our love month. It's February, if you're listening to this at the time it was recorded. And I have just finished, I kicked off February with a love your core in five days challenge, which was so much fun. And so I wanted to spend a little time kind of recapping and just bringing, there was so much good information shared, I wanted to share it with all of you. Basically, if you miss the challenge, you can still get access to all the information. I turned it into a free mini course that is available on my website. You can go to kaiautumn.com, just like the season, kyautumn.com slash loveyourcore. So basically, I just want to talk a little bit about the core and what it is and why it's so important and why you should just really love it and appreciate your core because it is such a crucial part of our bodies and also it really is connected to something deeper than um, musculature as I believe our entire body is. But the core really does kind of provide a bridge between that space, between kind of the physical, the mental, and even the spiritual realms or the spiritual selves. And so I wanted to to really talk about that. And so, yes, as a Pilates practitioner, we focus on the core a lot. I think that's a wonderful thing. And when I'm talking about the core, specifically I'm talking about four parts, uh, four different pieces of musculature that work together as a unit to support your torso. And so, you know, the core of something is basically the innermost part. It's the heart. The word core actually uh, comes from a Latin word, core, which means heart. And so it is basically that innermost part. It is the kind of the heart, the deepest layer. And when we're talking about the core, specifically when people are, you know, in the fitness world or the Pilates world and they mention the word core, they are definitely talking about this these four components that I'm going to explain to you. And there are a couple other muscles that can be included in the core sometimes, the psoas and the quadratus lumborum, but definitely there are kind of four components that are really universally looked at as the core. And so those are your transversus abdominis, which are your deep layer of abdominals, your pelvic floor, which is basically the musculature that is in the bottom of the pelvis, and deep back muscles called the multifidi, and then your diaphragm, which is your primary muscle of inspiration that kind of sits in your rib cage like a like an umbrella almost is a good way to think about it or a jellyfish. Okay. So like I said, the core, it's those, this is the deepest layer of muscles. So, you know, basically of a skeletal muscle, right? Because deeper than that, we're going to have the smooth muscle tissue. We're going to have our organs and the muscles that are kind of deep 
that would be the next kind of deep layer. And when we say deep, that means closest to the center. So yes, we are talking about the muscles. And then also another word for core, if you're talking about the core of the matter or core of the issue, is it's basically the most important thing or the essence is another way to think about it. So it's like really just taking things down and distilling it to its its purest point. And I kind of like to think about the core that way because when you're working with the core, it is really important and it's also something that you can work in a really kind of subtle way. You can work in a really gentle way that is incredibly effective. You do not need to kind of punish your core or just be really brutal with your core. That isn't necessary. Certainly that can be kind of fun and rewarding for different kinds of workouts, not to be brutal and mean to your core or to your body, but definitely you can challenge it and that's fun, but you don't have to. And certainly that's not the best way to kind of get your core, kind of get the core control and the core support going. Okay. So You know, you have these four components and, you know, they really do surround that kind of central unit of your spine and then your organs, your viscera, right? So we have the diaphragm on the top, the pelvic floor on the bottom, the deep layer of abdominals in the front, and the back tissue, uh, kind of the deepest layer of back muscles that are up against the, the vertebra and the spine. And so those four components basically function together to give support. And one of the main things that they do is they really do help to stabilize the lower back and stabilize the lumbar spine. They're also going to be stabilizing the entire trunk. So it's not just the lower back that they're working to stabilize, but we do really think of them as one of the primary means of stabilization for that lower back. And you can think about your lower back, right? If you're Thinking about your lumbar spine, there isn't a lot, there's no bony support there, right? So you have your vertebra that are connected to each other. There's discs in between the vertebra. And then there's going to be connective tissue that is also connecting. We have ligaments that run down the front of the spinal column and along the back. And there is a lot of connective tissue that kind of helps keep those vertebra um, aligned and connected properly. But we don't really have bones the way that your rib cage has uh, ribs, right? So your rib cage is going to be a much more stable component of your spine because there's going to be those ribs connected to all of those vertebra. And then your neck is also less stable, okay? And so the lumbar spine really does benefit from having this core. In particular, you know, that all of the components are going to help stabilize the lower back, but definitely the transversus abdominis, the deep layer of abdominals, and the low back muscles, the multifidi, the deep layer of back muscles, they really work together in this coordinated way to not only help to stabilize the spine but also to help elongate the spine okay so when you know you might be thinking about like oh lengthening through the spine you might hear cues in a pilates class or a yoga class that's talking about how we kind of like decompress the spine it's also referred to as axial elongation and that's really important that helps to decompress the vertebra that kind of uh, spreads the load and also really does help to kind of keep 
the vertebra, the cartilage there nice and nourished. Okay. One of the things to kind of know is that in a healthy core, what's happening is that your transversus abdominis particularly will fire, it will contract, it will, you know, engage in all sorts of movements. So twisting movements or bending over to pick something up, even if it's not heavy or big, if they're just minuscule movements, even light loads, there's going to be a corresponding amount of connection into the TA. And then that also gets kind of spread into the multifidi because the TA connects to the multifidi through connective tissue. So what's really significant about that is that they've done studies and in healthy spines, people who, you know, don't necessarily have back pain or any type of discomfort there, they really see that that connection is really strong and that pattern is uh, functional. And so what we notice is that if that pattern gets disrupted, then that can be, a, that's one of the, the things that we can look at. And a lot of people do look at when they have back pain is noticing that that connection isn't firing the way that it should be. And so that is certainly one of the ways that Pilates has acquired a reputation for being really beneficial for people with back discomfort. And um, certainly because a lot of the Pilates work is working to kind of reestablish and reconnect that pattern of engaging that transversus abdominis and getting the core to gently fire um, kind of right preceding a movement. Um, And that is certainly one of those kind of cues that you hear a lot. You're going to hear, you know, exhale, engage the abdominals, and then do the movement. And that is kind of mimicking that pattern. And the goal with that is not that then you are needing to run around and basically engage your core consciously whenever you're doing, you know, lifting or twisting or bending over to tie your shoelaces. Although certainly you can, right, that there are definitely I've had clients that that has worked really well, that they've been consciously thinking about that and engaging the core. But it's not something that long term, the hope in then is that that kind of synchronicity and the synergy of the core gets reestablished. Okay, so that's one big thing that we think of with the core is how it stabilizes the lower back. The other component of the core that is also, I mean, there's many components, but another thing that, you know, I definitely we should just be really thankful for our core is the stabilization and the support of our pelvis, and particularly the organs of the pelvis. Okay, so the bladder, the uterus, the rectum, all get support from the pelvic floor. And so the pelvic floor is part of your core. It does have this reciprocal relationship with the breath and even with the transversus abdominis. And so you know, thinking about the pelvic floor, um, in quadrupeds, right? So mammals that are, um, have four legs, right? As opposed to an upright stance, the pelvic floor 
doesn't have to support those pelvic organs the same way it does in bipeds, right? So those of us that are upright, the, you know, the orientation to gravity has changed and then the weight of the organs are really connecting down onto the pelvic floor. In a quadruped, that is a very different thing. Those are, they're not being held by the pelvic floor, which the pelvic floor is uh, smaller muscles. They're not necessarily as strong, they're definitely not as big and strong as the abdominal muscles, right? So in a quadruped, you would think about the abdominals would be what was kind of giving more support to the organs. And now when we're upright, there's a lot more weight going down into the bottom of the pelvis. And So the pelvic floor definitely has this kind of rise and fall to it that corresponds with the breath. And the pelvic floor also works to, you know, control the orifices of the bottom of the pelvis. So the urethra, the vagina, the anus, those are all parts of your pelvic floor, but they are definitely not the totality of the pelvic floor. So certainly thinking about you know, engaging just an orifice and squeezing an orifice is not really the way that you're going to help to connect the entire pelvic floor. And those types of exercises do have a place, but they're not the only way that we might be thinking about working our pelvic floor. And one of the really interesting things about the pelvic floor is that when you're thinking about a quadruped, the pelvic floor is basically connected to the tail. Right. And so what do we what do we what do quadrupeds think about your dog? Think about your cat. We actually kind of know what the animal is feeling and kind of how they're feeling. A lot of it is displayed in how the tail is moving. And so your own pelvic floor basically also is connected to really deeply to our emotional self. Okay, and so we really do see that there is an emotional response um, and this happens through the way the nerves are connected. Um, Basically, the the nerve patterns that the pelvic floor is on, uh, how the pelvic floor, the messages to the pelvic floor are being transmitted to and from the brain. Okay, so this is at a, a very deep kind of neural level. And, you know, you can think about that like, If we're feeling very frightened or angry, we can actually be, you know, really exhibiting that same kind of posture as, say, the tail tucked, right? The scolded dog with the tail tucked between the leg. We actually hold a lot of tension in our pelvic floor when we're kind of in that same emotional state, almost like we were trying to draw our tail under. And then when one is happy and kind of more open and feeling safe, just like a dog, the tail is up and it's wagging, we actually see that there's a lot more freedom in the pelvic floor. And so that kind of closed pelvic floor creates a lot of tension and that actually gets really distributed between um, the rest of the body. So it can go into the hips and affect how our hips are functioning and it can also go into the spine and affect how our back is functioning and there's also a real connection between the pelvic floor and even the jaw and the palate and so it can affect our face and it can affect um, also our neck and shoulders. So it's, so that's just kind of one more fascinating thing to know about your core and why it is deserving of some real love and appreciation. 
And then the last component of the core that I really want to talk about is the breathing. And so the diaphragm in and of itself is a core muscle. It is the muscle that kind of sits in the rib cage at the top of the core and it you know, is the barrier between the viscera, the abdominal viscera, and the pleural cavity. So the heart and the lungs are going to be above the diaphragm, and the liver and the stomach and the kidneys and the intestines, they're all beneath the diaphragm. And the diaphragm is basically sitting there, and the diaphragm is connected through fascia and connective tissue to both the lungs, the sac that the lung sits in, and the heart, okay? And so when you're breathing, there's actually some movement that occurs. That's how an inhale happens, basically, is the diaphragm is going to pull down on the sac that the lungs are in, and that's and because the lungs are a vacuum, that's going to pull air into the lungs. And so it's just important to kind of notice that as, or relevant, to think about as we're breathing, there's also movement of the heart and the lungs through there. And so the the breath, in particular the diaphragm, helps to organize the core. And you really do see that all the other components of the core have a connection to the breath. So either they're going to be engaging as we're breathing in, which is what the diaphragm is doing, or they're going to be releasing as we're breathing in, which that can be the transversus abdominis. It doesn't have to. And uh, definitely there can be a release and open on the inhale of the pelvic floor. And then on the exhale, kind of the opposite happens, right? And so we do see that the breath can be a really good way to connect all the parts of the core and organize them together. And once again, the diaphragm is also a bridge between kind of the physical self and the emotional self and even the mental self. So the diaphragm and, you know, when we're doing this deep, what's called diaphragmatic breathing, where you're breathing really deeply and slowly and you're um, really allowing a full, slow inhalation, that actually stimulates the relaxation response that helps us get into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the part of the nervous system that is basically the rest and digest system. So it's our calm system. It's the opposite of fight or flight. So um, after stress reaction, right, and we've gone through a stress pattern, which we'll talk about that in the future, but basically the parasite, you would return to homeostasis and then return to kind of your resting relaxation state. And taking these deep coordinated breaths helps us stimulate the, the kind of calming part of the autonomic nervous system, which is what rest and digest is. And so basically that in and of itself is hugely beneficial. And so you can also think about when we're entering into this calm, kind of more relaxed state, that relaxation is also really going to translate to the pelvic floor as well and help the pelvic floor do its kind of dynamic work that it needs to do. And same with the abdominals in the back. So as we're taking these big deep breaths, we're also allowing the abdominals to be really flexible and moving. Okay. And so another key component of breathing that's so amazing is how it can be a real conduit for mindfulness. So focusing on our breath can really help us to 
become more present and it's definitely one of the hallmarks of mindful movement right is this idea that we're coordinating with the movement with the breath which is going to help us coordinate movement into the core as well okay and so one last thing to mention about the core is that um, we certainly don't strengthen our core and we don't learn how to activate our core properly if we are only kind of connecting or holding it all the time. Um, Hopefully you realize as I was explaining there's definitely the ebb and flow. There's the release and the contraction that occurs and so I really want you to kind of understand that a healthy core is one that is really dynamic and so those abdominals are releasing, the pelvic floor is releasing and then there's going to be gentle engagement throughout your day that um, once you have the patterns established you don't really need to think about. Okay, so basically, I hope that this episode has given you a new appreciation for your core and really helped you see why you um, should love your core because it's a pretty amazing thing that you have. And nowhere in here was I talking about whether or not your core looked a particular way. Frankly, the abdominals that one would think of if you were having like ripped abs aren't even part of your core. So there's nothing about aesthetics or looks here, right? This is all about function and just really appreciating how the body can just support us in our movements and how we can really go deep and get that support and connection pretty easily and by focusing on just mindful movement. Okay, so I hope you have a beautiful uh, February and just continue with love and appreciation for yourself. And if you would like to show some love to your core, I encourage you to check out the course. It's on my website. It's free. You can just sign up and you'll get it sent to your inbox and you can do the lessons as you like. There's five videos and it's basically at kaiautumn.com slash loveyourcore. I'll link that in the show notes and definitely go ahead and check that out. And I'd also love to know Um, how you feel about your core. Are you already in love with your core or are you looking for a deeper appreciation? And if you kind of give your core some love and attention, what you regularly do. So head over to wherever you listen to podcasts and you can just tap the screen to write a review and let me know how you think about your core. Okay, friends, have a beautiful day and I will be talking to you soon. Much love and take care. Bye-bye.